0: so i married an alcoholic is sponsored by realtor are you looking to buy sell or lease real estate even if you're not in greater philadelphia reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area realtor and a baby at gmail.com one two three four five once i caught a fish alive
1: <laughs> you're learning all the songs
0: all coco melon all day
1: It's really cute, though. It is teaching her things.
0: It is. It's also teaching me patience, I think, to a certain degree. I really have a lot of patience when it comes to melon on repeat.
1: (laughs) Or me or your children.
0: Or anything, for that matter.
1: Life in general.
0: Yeah. I have no patience. How about that?
1: That's a good one to talk about.
0: I'm going to pray for patience today.
1: (laughs) You better pray extra hard.
0: I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Welcome to the Sweet Sixteen episode of So I Married an Alcoholic. My name's Chris. I'm an alcoholic.
1: And I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Megan. Happy Sweet Sixteen.
0: It's amazing. That was a
1: very long time ago.
0: It was. <laughs> for both of us.
1: <laughs> Did you just remember a funny story?
0: No. I was trying to remember something from my sixteen sixteenth year.
1: Anything good come to mind?
0: I got nothing. It's probably for the best. Yeah. Probably. Anywho.
1: Did you get a car when you were 16? Did you and Rick share one?
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is. Yes. So our first car was a 1984 or maybe it was an 86 Buick Riviera.
1: That's amazing.
0: So it was a two-door car. It was like one of those big boats type things oh my god they were tanks smooth ride how, very smooth ride how
1: about Buick's got like quite sexy recently
0: yes they've definitely appealed to the younger crowd
1: they're a lovely car
0: and i think they've done you know an exceptional job buicks have certainly come a long way
1: quite luxury at this point indeed hmm. maybe our next car endeavor will be a buick nope And bring you back to your sweet 16 year.
0: I don't think you're going to want to after this story. Oh, I'm ready. So the name of the car, or the nickname of said car, was, drum roll please, The Vagina Diner. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I shit you not. And I did not. Who named it? I was just going to say, I did not come up with the name.
1: Did it come with it? Like when you adopt a pet?
0: I don't think anybody would transfer the title of a car and say, (laughs) this car, by the way, is called the Vagina Diner. Oh, boy. It was just the name of the car. And as said name would lead you to believe, there was a lot of sex to be had in that car.
1: Buicks are roomy. (laughs) <laughs> did it have those old, like, crushed velvet seats?
0: No, they were actually leather. Ooh. Yeah, and I think, like, real leather. I don't think, like, pleather. I think this is back in the day when they actually still put leather in vehicles, and it wasn't, maybe it was an upgrade or an option.
1: Now, did you have to buy your first car, to did Dick buy it for you?
0: No, so Dick bought it for Rick and then Rick abused it for a couple of years and then gave it to me and at the time that I inherited it, young 17-year-old Chrissy Pooh had to put a goddamn transmission in it. <laughs> and if you heard, I think it was on the first episode, I was driving some shitty like Honda Civic when Megan and I first yes. met and I drove it till the wheels fell off.
1: Literally.
0: So, needless to say, I don't necessarily have the best luck with cars. Let's say.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's luck when you're buying ship boxes.
0: No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So that is that is my Sweet 16 story.
1: Oh, it's lovely, honey.
0: Why don't you tell us your Sweet 16 story? Cuz again, as we talked about in the last episode, we came from very different families.
1: So I also So
0: I am sure that your first car was probably nicknamed like Stella or something more appropriate than the Vagina Diner.
1: Actually, CC. Shocking. Because it was a red Jeep Cherokee. Okay. Uh, it was used, but barely. It had like, I don't know, 20,000 miles on it maybe when we got it. um, It was only a couple years old. It was an awesome car. Nice And we all drove that car That red jeep made it through Three teenage drivers Multiple accidents Um, It finally had to get towed home From the side of the turnpike (laughs) (laughs) The odometer at that point Was reading like 230,000 miles But it had stopped working The odometer that is About two and a half years prior (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, the best was I rear it like a, um, oh my God, I, I was on the way home from, I had a tennis match after school. I remember like when you have sports after school, you would take the bus. Like I was just telling Mac about this. You got to leave seventh period if it was an away game and you would take the bus and then the bus would take you back to school and like you'd get your car to drive home. Sure. So I go and get my car to drive home and I'm making a right and I'm like changing the radio station, you know, because back then it was like manual radio.
0: I.e. not paying attention.
1: Exactly. And I make the right hand turn that I would made a million times and it was back to school night. So there was all these cars parallel parked on the side of the road that were never there. I hit a parked conversion van. Like one of those (laughs) huge ass Astro vans. (laughs) Like, how did I not see it? It was the size of like a spaceship. Anyway, it had some front end damage. Oh, actually, believe it or not. So it's interesting. This is uh, that we're at September 11th. This happened like two days before September 11th. Oh, it did. So it, it took them like six weeks to get my car back to me because they couldn't get like parts sent in and stuff like that.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: that's like an interesting, I mean, you know, who cares? Like my fender bender before September 11th meant nothing. But you didn't like, I I mean, the world shut down kind of like, you know, now for a little bit. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. Except now it was just on a much more prolonged and profound scale. Like world trade was affected most recently. And, you know, back in September of 2001, it was probably just. Like things not coming into the ports of New York.
1: Exactly. And
0: since, you know, you are from the Philadelphia area, I'm sure that that was affected.
1: Yeah. So it took a while to get it back, but she did come back. But the funny thing about it is, like, it said Jeep on the front, but the P, obviously, that they found to replace it was definitely the D from like the grand part of Cherokee turned upside down.
0: Clever. So it
1: just never looked the same. But I mean, it didn't (laughs) matter. It was a great car. That thing was a tank. Like I said, three teenage drivers. That I don't think that car owed my parents a penny.
0: I was going to say, I, I think that you guys did well with that particular ride.
1: We did. It was a great car. And again, I was the oldest of three, right? So like my parents totally got me a kick-ass car. And then it was like, Jimmy has to be picked up at soccer practice at 4 p.m. Elise has to go here. Like, you know, it was like another carpooler.
0: Oh, yeah. T- a typical first-time driver. I remember when I got my license. I don't think my parents hit the grocery store once after that. And you know oh, when you're like, y- oh, you're 16 so excited, or 17, you're like, oh, you need a gallon of milk.
1: I'll go. We the first night three I got- three hours later. Yeah, the first night coming I got, home stoned as shit. <laughs> I got my license, my driver's license, on a Tuesday, and the next day was the day before Thanksgiving, and I was actually getting my wisdom teeth out. Hmm. So I got my driver's license at like 3:30 in the afternoon, and like you know, I was going under the knife. First thing the next morning.
0: It's a little dramatic.
1: (laughs) No, it was like a no big deal. But anyway, I was like, who wants to go out and like get ice cream, you know? And my brother's like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. You know, brand new driver, like all of 20 minutes. My mom's like, I'm sorry, but all three of you can't go.
0: (laughs) We have to preserve the family lineage somehow. So the three of you can't be in the same car at the same time.
1: That's exactly it. We're going to have to leave one behind just in case.
0: (laughs) And I have no doubt in my mind, knowing Mimi that Jimmy got left behind. He was deemed the safe one.
1: So I was just gonna say, actually, no. She chose a lease.
0: Wow. I know. That's actually really interesting. It
1: is, I think back to that moment often.
0: I wonder if that comes up in therapy.
1: For everyone involved. <laughs> 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 so that was my first car I ever drove. I actually haven't owned that many cars in my life, believe it or not. I'm a longevity driver of cars. You are. My car currently has 125,000 miles on it. I put on like 25,000 miles a year. I'm hoping to get another four years out of it.
0: I'd say it's probably closer to like 40,000 miles a year.
1: Yeah, it's a lot.
0: But that's okay.
1: It is what it is.
0: Still, it's a great vehicle. Yep. Plenty of room for all of the things that we need to bring. That we've accumulated. Wherever we go. I know. So much shit. So much
1: shit. So that's my sweet 16 story and my first car.
0: I like it. Yeah. What a great intro.
1: And it's good. I like it.
0: We went from the vagina diner to the little red Jeep that could.
1: I know. What do you think Frankie's first car will be?
0: Hopefully not the vagina diner. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's hope.
0: You will have failed. I'm sure that vehicle's in some sort of like car museum at this (laughs) point in time. It's been preserved. For very different reasons.
1: Oh, that's so funny. I uh,
0: I am actually not a huge fan of giving 16-year-old drivers, like, brand new BMWs.
1: Well, no, I agree with that completely.
0: You know, not even, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a BMW, but I, I do feel that it should be some sort of beater, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you got to earn, like, yeah, what do you have to look forward to then if you get, like, the brand new fancy car when you turn 16?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also one of those things you don't appreciate things as much if you get handed you know a, a luxury vehicle that you didn't do a damn thing for except be born.
1: <laughs> no, I agree completely. What a
0: what a great deal that is. Oh
1: my god, I love thinking about the cars that we used to drive around in like my high school friends and my friend Samantha had a Lumina. It was burgundy. Ooh. And it had a vanity plate.
0: That's a tank. What was the plate? What 4? I don't, I don't get it.
1: It was like part of their last name. There's four people in their family.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. But that had the crushed velvet seats in a matching burgundy to the exterior.
0: <laughs> it's like super 1996.
1: <laughs> my uh, other friend, we drove down to this uh, mixer when uh, my one friend had just gotten her license. Like the
0: Catalina wine mixer? Oh, it was at an all boys high school. Ooh, shocking. Yeah,
1: they were a good time. It took us about three hours to get there. If you think about it, this was like pre prior to like Google Maps, we didn't even have cell phones really.
0: No, actually, I think map MapQuest should be like a rite of passage for children.
1: Yeah, like I didn't get my first Nokia until I got my driver's license.
0: <laughs> <The> <laughs> <old> <laughs> stick phone.
1: Yeah, so my friend, we're driving down, right? And it's to this St. Joe's Prep Mixer, so it's in a really bad neighborhood in Philadelphia. And we have no idea where we're going. We're driving, we're driving. All of a sudden, we see the Welcome to New Jersey sign. Like, I knew we shouldn't have gone over that bridge. Nope. <laughs> we're in this car, my friend's. From high school, her mom had passed away when she was in first grade. So now we're 16. So you're thinking that's 10 years later. And this was her mother's car. So it's quite old. So we're driving, and all of a sudden, all the lights in the car go off. That's not good. And my friend's like, It's okay. My mom, this is my mom's car. Like, she's going to protect us. I'm like, Could you ask your mom to turn the lights on? Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'd be more comfortable if the lights protected us. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but anyway, I I think we will always remember that drive down. It was so, oh my God, we had a blast. I think by the time we got there, they weren't even going to let us in because you had to be there within like the first hour. We were literally there with like 45 minutes left to the dance. (gasps)
0: Guess who just said literally? Uh, me, 12 times already. Ding, 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 ding. I didn't want to interrupt you because you were in one of your endless story moments. <laughs> I'm surprised this didn't end with, and then one time,
1: at Villanova. <laughs> I'm reliving my youth. <sighs> it was a simpler time.
0: Sure was.
1: <laughs> All right, so... Uh...
0: Before we get into the topic of the evening, let's make sure we thank our sponsors, so Marlene Graphics, MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs, and RealTurnABaby.com for all of your bird dog needs.
1: Bird dog?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Marlaine Graphics sponsors the studio, RealTurnABaby sponsors my lifestyle. True story. I like it. Me too. So since this is a show about marriage and alcoholism and all of the stupid shit that we do to annoy each other, let's talk about being stretched thin.
1: We are stretched thin right now.
0: Yes. We are adulting at its finest.
1: We are high level adulting.
0: You know what the best part about getting sober is? What? Being sober. Agreed. You know what the worst part about being sober is?
1: (laughs) Being sober?
0: Starting over at 38 years old.
1: True story. It's hard. Because we're more tired at
0: 38. Well, I think technically 36. The 36 for me. 37. I don't know. I smoked a lot of pot back in the day. I don't remember. Anyways, it's been a couple of years. It's hard starting over. Yeah. It's hard coming out of a pandemic and resuming to real life or life as we used to know it or maybe this is just how it is now
1: and we get a little break over the summer because I don't work as much so we kind of have a little reprieve we share child rearing duties a little bit more so there's a little less you know stress off our plate
0: yeah absolutely but it's you know it's hard because real estate is definitely picking back up or back into the swing of things yeah You know now that more people are getting vaccinated and people are going back to work the house that they've lived in for several years you know they've remodeled Uh, there's a huge lack of inventory so people are like oh we paid 300 for this house two years ago the market says we can now sell it for 500
1: yeah it's insanity which is
0: great right like we're really happy for all those people but then again at the same time I'm flat out Yeah. And that's hard because we do not have a full-time babysitter. Frankie is not in daycare.
1: No, and we had some babysitters over the summer, but now they're back in school.
0: Yes, and we had babysitters, you know, last year during the quote-unquote school year, but they were doing things virtually.
1: Right, so it was much easier. And Frankie was much quieter and, like, less mobile.
0: Way less.
1: And, like, easy to transport and... I mean, she napped, I would say, 78, 82% of her day. It's very
0: specific. I know. I am just going to go with, like, she naps a lot. She
1: did nap a lot. She However,
0: misanalytical. <laughs> so approximately 79.3 of her waking hours she's napping.
1: My pie chart says. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm back at work now full time. Chris's real estate is, like, through the roof. We have zero childcare, pretty much, and a bird dog in the mix, a ten-year-old that has practices for sports forty seventeen
0: a week, nights a week. All
1: that aren't local necessarily. None of them. Sports that are travel sports. Uh huh. So then the weekends are filled with games and tournaments and
0: and open about? houses and showings yes. and holy shit! And it's one thing. I guess, you know, during the week, like we had talked on a couple of episodes ago about, you know, you had offered child care. And I'm going to be super honest with you. Like, I was kind of hell-bent on that idea. And then Megan brought up the good point of, well, what happens when she gets sick?
1: I can't call out.
0: And she can't go to daycare. Right. So then what do we do? Yeah, you lose out. Yeah. And so that doesn't really help you. And now I'm bringing a sick, whining child on showings and and settlements and all of that good stuff.
1: And in a pandemic, people don't really appreciate when you bring the child full of booger nose.
0: (laughs) It's actually (laughs) funny. So I, I don't know exactly... Or approximately at what age Frankie discovered she could cough
1: oh my god
0: but it was actually not cool because she'd be you know with me in the in the grocery cart walking around the supermarket and then all of a sudden she'd be like
1: "Uh Uh oh and she does it just for the effect
0: yeah no not because she actually had a cough like darling people don't appreciate when you cough we're in the middle of a pandemic
1: I've tried explaining it to her too but she does not get the concept. She does just makes not. her want to cough more. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, look, the people are looking at me." Yeah, that's not smiles you're getting.
0: <laughs> that's terror. That's look of disgust. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 so anyway, we're uh we realized this evening that we don't have a babysitter and we need one for about, you know, 4 hours tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so I have pictures for a new listing that I have coming up and normally I am happy to bring Frankie to most of my real estate events however like when you have to when you're doing a 3d tour of a property they set up a camera and then you know like the camera does like the little whirly bird thing and spins around and all that long story short nobody can be in the room
1: right and like Frankie chases around the vacuum She'll go buck wild for the 3D camera.
0: <laughs> 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 so tomorrow's going to suck. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be one of those days where it sucks to be me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm working
1: a 12-hour day tomorrow, so I like can't help on either end. Nope. It's not even like, oh, I'll be home by 4, or push it back a little bit. Nope. I'm out of the house at 7. I won't be home till 8.30 at night. Can't wait. And we had a whole, like, Chris made a big pot of gravy and meatballs mm. and sausage. That the so bird dog actually I was just say, tore apart. The bird dog just ate it all, so we don't even have dinner yet for tomorrow night planned.
0: Nope. <laughs> Looks like we're doing pizza.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. Mm. But anyway, we're in that place. Stretch thin, no babysitter, send your resume.
0: But you know what the I guess silver lining of that is? What? I don't have to get high or pick up a drink.
1: Yeah. Even though you're, like, a little bit stressed out about it?
0: I think a little bit's being generous.
1: Yeah, I was trying to be.
0: Like, I'm, I'm slowly losing my mind and my hair and, <laughs> you know, all of those happy things. But I guess, you know, that's the whole point of this thing, right? This, this sobriety is you made that commitment to not pick up no matter what.
1: And we get to do these things.
0: We do get to do these things.
1: Which is, like, super cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to suck chasing around a toddler tomorrow. Sure is. But you get to chase around a toddler tomorrow. That is not something you ever thought you would be able to do. All
0: right, well, if you're so happy about it, why don't you bring her to work tomorrow? I don't think that's in the cards. See how, see how much of a one-way street this is? Megan's like, oh, it's such a gift. You get to chase her around. I'm like, you know what the gift is? You don't get to chase her around. I don't have a choice. That's
1: the gift. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I the think... gift is
0: you get to leave and then come home at 8 30 tomorrow night and take your little bubble bath and do your little skincare routine and then you go and snore.
1: So I don't bubble bath. In fact, the only Meanwhile, one that has sat in our tub is you.
0: That's besides the point, <laughs> Megan. Meanwhile, I will be sitting in my shit. Until 3 a.m. Wednesday morning.
1: Yeah, and beyond.
0: Yeah, probably. This is probably going to take me like a week to get over.
1: You know what? I actually think this is a good thing to talk about, right? In a marriage, probably just amplified because we're alcoholics, right? I think in every marriage, everyone thinks that they're doing more than the
0: other person. Thank God you mentioned that.
1: I think that's a good topic to talk about.
0: Because you don't do shit.
1: Because I do so much more than you. Bullshit. See, I think we both actually believe that. And I think that's where a lot of resentment in marriage kind of lies.
0: So before I think we get into this, when yeah. Jim and Valia were sitting on the couch and they saved our marriage, I was talking to your mom. I don't know if it was that night, like during the conversation or if it was, I think a couple of days after that, I had randomly called her like, you know, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And she was telling me the thing about marriages is that, like, everybody thinks it's a 50-50, right? Never is. And that's what she was saying to me. And again, because, you know, I am newly married and very inexperienced. I didn't have the pleasure of of a redo like you did. Mm -hmm. It's not always 50-50.
1: In fact, it's never 50-50.
0: And when you're, again, we're going to bring it back to the whole alcoholism thing, when you're selfish and self-centered and even though... We, I think, do our best, maybe not necessarily on this show, but I think more in life to be conscious of that and more aware of that selfishness and that self-centeredness. Sometimes we catch it, sometimes we don't. Sure. But anyways, like I think that I am on a daily basis giving 99%. And then Megan comes home and shows up and does her bubble bath and her skincare routine. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I've been sitting here for hours with this kid.
1: Yeah, and I think the opposite.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, like, I think I give
0: 120%,
1: you know, every single day going to work.
0: It's actually mathematically impossible, but go ahead, <laughs> continue on <laughs> your little soapbox over there.
1: Unless you're married to you and you gotta make up an
0: extra 20 every day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, I think in every marriage, people think that.
0: So I actually, I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I only have the pleasure of living in this marriage, so I think that's good. Let's get some feedback sent over to the So I Married an Alcoholic at gmail.com.
1: Who does more in your marriage?
0: It doesn't even necessarily have to be, you know, a quote unquote marriage. No, they, any
1: relationship, a friendship. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. All I don't
0: right. know if you can judge that apples to apples. I guess but you. if you're, you know. A man involved with a woman romantically whatever it is i'm not sure what the the proper way to describe that a legal partnership a domestic relationship yes
1: however you choose to define yourselves as a couple
0: that's right it's 2021 yeah do you if you're a they and you're two they's, and with you're in with another they
1: we want to hear about it
0: we do i think that's interesting and we will keep it anonymous Mm-hmm. Unless you tell us it's okay to talk about it on air.
1: So let's think about other marriage Because you only see marriages from the outside, right? The only marriage you actually know
0: is your own. Yes, absolutely.
1: I would say the one marriage where I, I think about my parents' marriage. And I'll talk about their marriage because I-, I think they have a great marriage. My dad will 100% tell you my mom always did more than he did. In every aspect of the world. Your mom works so hard. Your mom does this. Your mom does that. And my dad worked a bazillion hours a week. He was Hey, yeah, he
0: was on a plane in different cities yes. literally, Monday through Friday.
1: <gasps> literally.
0: Was that the first literally? I doubt it, bro. Shit.
1: Um, but he Carry worked on. his butt off, right? And he was also emotionally supportive towards us. Like he was a great dad and everything he will 100% give my mom all the credit. And so I thought that was normal in marriage. No. So I'm I still waiting for my credit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it, bro. You'll be waiting a long time. I'm going to hold my breath on that one. No, nor should you. <laughs> if, if I haven't promised you much in this life, it's that you should not wait for your credit. <laughs> and if you, feel, coming. if you feel the need that we need to put you on some sort of pedestal for your credit... I recommend you stop at the Home Goods tomorrow. <laughs> Buy a pedestal. Buy yourself a pedestal. Climb up on that bitch. Stand on it alone. And then actually, maybe you can take your bubble bath <laughs> on your pedestal. <laughs> To be a large pedestal how about that
1: but anyway no i'm not saying that like i don't i don't need credit or whatever but i think in every marriage everyone thinks that they're the one doing the most
0: this is actually going to be a super unpopular opinion which
1: ooh, I, ooh, yours never are
0: i'm sure the the fans okay. the super fans out there have come to appreciate my lack of the unpopular opinion okay or i'm ready my, you know love for the unpopular opinion yeah. <laughs> with the unpopular opinion I don't think your parents' marriage should be used as like the the gold standard of marriages.
1: Well, okay, so I think every marriage is its own.
0: Well let me finish. Okay. Before there we you go. before you cut me off. All
1: right. I'm sorry, I thought that was the finish. You ended it like a finish.
0: Per usual. All right, go on. It's how I talk. I talk in prose. Very
1: I was gonna say very theatrical. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like you took a bow at the end. That's why I thought All it was right, the end. Shut up. <laughs> your parents first of all your father is like the sweetest kindest most unassuming man i've ever met in my entire life like he is the first to dole out the like we've talked about it before we bring home a cat and jim is like i'm so proud of you guys it's a big step in your marriage and i'm not throwing a dig at your mother in any way but your mother's the complete opposite she will tell you exactly how it is your father doesn't have a bad word to say about anybody, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing.
1: Because it's genuine.
0: He's it is genuine. genuine.
1: He's 100% genuine. Like,
0: he's the kind of guy that when you walk into a room, like he will make you feel 500 people in the room. He will make you feel like you are the most important person in the room. And then he will go around and talk to the other 499 people and repeat that process over and over and over. Mm -hmm. It's actually like mind boggling.
1: That's actually one of my goals in life. Have you ever met those people like we're talking about my dad's like that? My first grade teacher was like that. One of the women I work with is like that. You would think I think everyone thinks that you're their favorite. You know what I mean? I think people that can do that. That's such an amazing talent.
0: It sure is. And All
1: right, then, but go
0: on. Son. Ooh. There's the
1: air freshener time.
0: The studio just queefed <laughs> again. So then we have your mom. Yeah. Who is also a very sweet and kind and generous woman. But let me tell you, son, if Mimi thinks you're an asshole, there's not gonna be a mystery to that.
1: Yeah, but I don't I think that's okay.
0: She does not mince words. You will know exactly where you stand with Mimi
1: so you're saying their marriage shouldn't be held at the gold standard why do you think that see i think it's a perfect balance
0: because i almost in a way think that that is so unattainable Mm. because they are like i'm trying to think of what bennifer (laughs) what's jim and vilia (laughs) Jalia. Just jail ya <laughs> <laughs>
1: no it's true I think that they have an excellent marriage I
0: think it's it legitimately I think it's almost unattainable like the perfection but again I I am on the outside looking in I'm sure that they're not like the Cleavers 24-7
1: No. And And I'm
0: sure that they've gotten into it over the years and there's been some hard times because, again, life is not all puppies and rainbows. But from what I see today and the interactions that I've had with them over the past several years, it's like I've always said, like, if I could be 25 percent of the man that your father is, I can die.
1: Accomplished.
0: Like, 30% an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you can't like take all that away from me, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's
1: going to take a lot more than that.
0: That's not fair.
1: <laughs> but no, I think so I here's what I think, right? I think you can see these great marriages, right? And I think that every marriage relationship is unique. And I don't want their marriage. I want our marriage because this marriage is very unique. So this marriage is very unique, right? Uh, Which I love. But I think that there's things, when you look at married couples that are successful, there's things you can draw from their marriage that is okay to strive for. I, I don't think you to see two people and strive for that marriage is unattainable. But there's things that I love about my parents' marriage. Like, they still have fun together all the time.
0: Their social life is, like, out of control.
1: They literally, there we go again, spend (laughs) so much time together in the sense that, like, you know, they'll start by meeting for a happy hour on Wednesday and then Thursday is hors d'oeuvres and then Friday they're out to dinner and they're with friends or they're just them or, you know, Daddy and I are watching a Hallmark movie together this morning, like they do a lot together but they also do stuff individually like they have their own life their own set of friends they have friends collectively but then they you know I don't know they're just I think that to be so secure in your marriage that you have your own life and yet enjoy your life together I think that's something to strive for
0: I agree with that completely
1: like I think that's A gold standard and that's not saying I want someone else's marriage that's saying those are traits that I want to have in ours
0: which I think is I think it speaks to the point of like this is constantly a work in progress definitely and we've talked about this on the show before sometimes it's very productive and sometimes it goes in the complete wrong and opposite direction and we fall so many steps behind where we were originally But I also think that that speaks to, like, A, that we're willing to put in the work Mm -hmm. and try to make some sort of improvement. But it also is, like, again, we're alcoholics.
1: I was just going to say.
0: We both think we're right.
1: And we got to make it. Even if there's,
0: like, a handbook that says, Megan, you were wrong. Chris, you were wrong. We're still, well, I, will dig my heels in, like, no matter what.
1: Maybe that's the alcoholic piece, right? I actually think that we grow a lot as a couple. Unfortunately, we just got to blow it up first.
0: I think that's where a majority of our growth is.
1: Absolutely. Like some people can, you know, we talked about this the other day or last episode. Some people can have a little disagreement and move on with their lives. So yeah, it doesn't like, take right, 96 hours. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Meanwhile, I didn't get Hurt a feelings. chicken leg. So like I'm burning the house down. <laughs>
1: Literally, the dishwasher sparked. He was so in digging his feet in that he wasn't talking to me. He was going to let me go down with the ship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which you should know, any good captain goes down with the ship.
1: Why is he walking the baby and the bird dog outside? Oh, here I am burning up on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, get the poo and get out. (laughs) (laughs) But totally, so I think... I don't know. So that's an interesting question. So that's one thing that I idolize about my parents' marriage personally. What are things that you – have because that's how we learn, right? Like relationships are taught, which is why I'm always a big – we need to talk about things. We need to set a good – I want our kids to look at us and be like, that's the ideal you can never get to. Because that's a great marriage. And that doesn't mean that we're like kissing each other's ass 24 hours a day. But I want them to see the struggle and the victory. And how we respect each other. And you know what I mean? Like all those kind of things, right? So what do y- have you looked at, I don't know, growing up, now in your life? or what? What's your ideal? Or what's, what's something that you find important?
0: To be 25% of the man that Jim
1: you, <laughs> you haven't put a lot of thought into it?
0: Nope. Okay. But I also think, you know, again, when I was talking to your mom, and I think you may have been involved in this conversation. She was, and this speaks to, you know, the point that, like, the the victories and the defeats. Like, your mom was always saying that they never fought in front of you guys.
1: They didn't.
0: And she, I'm I'm not necessarily going to put words into her mouth, but I think that they've had this conversation after you had all grown up. Like, was that the right thing to do? And I think that speaks to the level of, like they set such high expectations for that marriage. Like, look at, we never fought. We never had a disagreement. And we all know that that's just not reality. And I'm sure growing up, you knew that that was not reality.
1: I think one thing that, so they didn't. You're right. And my mom said that to us like during this conversation. She's like, we may have done a disservice to you by that because you always thought everything was perfect. And trust me, it wasn't because nothing's always perfect.
0: Or I don't mean to say that it's not OK to not have a disagreement in front of your children. Like, obviously, there's some things that children should be protected from. Right.
1: Yeah. You know what? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I, I don't think any of our kids need to say any of our blowouts.
1: No, definitely. Especially
0: not. over a goddamn turkey leg.
1: <laughs> now, you know what? I do think was something that was important that I would like to strive for in our marriage. Sure, is when it came to us in front of us, they were always a united front. If Mom says you can't go, so did Dad. If Mom, you know what I mean. There was they agreed on parenting in front of us a hundred percent of the time. And yes, was there a backroom conversation then? Like, hey, you know what? You probably should let her go because of this, that, or the other thing. Yes. But oh, sure. they never, when it came to parenting, they were always on the same page in front of us. And I actually think that's, it was so frustrating because if one said it, then you couldn't win because they both, it was already two against one. You know what I mean?
0: I think that's the point.
1: But I, I think that's actually, I think that's that's another thing we should put into practice. I like that going forward.
0: So that our, our little master manipulators that we're raising yes. <laughs> will not be able to manipulate smart us. the king and queen of manipulation. Yeah,
1: no, I actually think that's a good thing to put into practice. I like no, it.
0: I agree with that. Absolutely. Again, I, I don't care what it is. You know, but I think we always need to keep that in the back of our minds that no matter what, like, we're going to be on the same page when it comes to, you know, raising them or decisions or things, things of that nature, you know?
1: Yeah. It's interesting. We've actually never talked about these things.
0: No, which is the whole point of why we do this.
1: I know. We were kind of just winging it.
0: We never wing it.
1: We're always winging it.
0: There's always an outline. We actually <laughs> we we came down here last night, so obviously September is recovery month, and we were gonna do this like big piece on mental health. But we started to do the piece on mental health, and then like 15 minutes into it, Megan looks at me and she's like. This is terrible. <laughs> She's like, you want to talk about mental health? This is like the hallmark of mental health, like flight <laughs> of ideas. Flight of ideas.
1: We just decreased everyone's mental health that was listening. <laughs> their intelligence level went down. Their depression increased. Like there was nothing good about Anxiety
0: it. Anxiety is through the roof.
1: Yeah. We just didn't know where to go with it.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, again, I, I can speak to mental health as I'm sure you can. As somebody who's in recovery and has probably struggled at a certain point in time. Sure. But we're certainly not counselors. Maybe this is a conversation better suited for like an actual expert and we can bounce the questions off them and then get like an actual qualified opinion. Yes. Instead of me just like cracking jokes and talking about the picture of Meg's boobs on the wall. <laughs> no. Like, that's mental health right there.
1: <laughs> this is a whole room of mental health. Agreed. Um, but anyway, I think, you know, I think everyone can agree, or maybe not, that a marriage isn't 50 50. And it's not. most individuals think they're doing more of the work.
0: I do agree with that.
1: And I think it breeds a lot of resentment. It can. Um, I think that you try n- or like I don't mean you I'm not speaking for you but I think you know the collective you people I personally like you try not to let it bother you right
0: well here's the problem with that yeah you're an alcoholic
1: so it always bothers me
0: yeah so am I no. <laughs> and you'll even look at me like does that bother you and I'm like no
1: <laughs> stamp stamp
0: meanwhile <laughs> I'm still thinking about the turkey leg from the weekend. And pow, that's pow. got me all kinds of bullshit.
1: <laughs> but we've actually had a lot of conversations about this, I think, recently. About resentments and things like that. That I do go to work outside of the home. That Chris does have the kids here. And both of them come with challenges. Mm-hmm. Both of them are hard. I think sometimes Chris is jealous that I get to leave the house and go to work. And I'm jealous that he gets me home with our kids that I love.
0: Not jealous, super resentful. Yeah. But that's the deal though, right?
1: It is the deal. So it, it is- In the
0: moment, I'm I just super say. resentful. hmm And this is where I think we've come leaps and bounds as a couple. We talk about it. hmm And again, sometimes it's constructive and sometimes it destroys whatever progress we've made. Sure. But eventually we round back and get to that place where we can sit down and actually have a constructive conversation- and typically what happens after that is we come up with some sort of plan right on how to move forward with x y and z yeah and i think that's where you know we've made tremendous amounts of strides recently
1: yeah no i agree with that completely it's funny probably about a week ago you know we were talking about this like me working outside the home chris doing the real estate thing being there with frankie You know, money being tight, blah blah blah, and Chris went on his like bi monthly. I'm gonna get back in a truck and drive rampage.
0: I was having my period.
1: He was, and he goes on this whole thing, and that's what he's doing. This is what it's gonna do. Fuck it. And he's gonna put her in daycare. So, and then she's gonna get sick, and then you're gonna have to call out. And like, you know, again, love him to pieces. He can't be reasoned with, right? Can't be. But then, we kind of, I don't know. He just kind of moved on from it. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things that we have to take it to the extreme right in the beginning. Yep. Before we can actually, you know, have some clarity and some thought and some, you know, reality.
0: Absolutely. All right, honey, what else you got? I think that's about it, girl.
1: Oh, so the one thing is, you know, we we're oh, talk-
0: I guess we're not done.
1: No, we can be done. I was just gonna say we were talking about mental health and how we wanted to do a mental health episode and how we're not quite there there yet. But we did want to speak to the fact that September 10th was National Suicide Awareness Day. Yes, it was. And so when we were talking about talking about mental health, we were kind of looking up some stuff. And one of the big statistics I found is people with addiction are six times more likely to commit suicide.
0: Not shocking.
1: Not shocking at all. So, again, we want to, you know, speak to experts and, you know, get their opinion. But I think that's one of the most important reasons that we do this. Um, Because, again, it's life or death, overdose, suicide, all those reasons. And, you know, the only way out is to get your hand up and ask for help.
0: Certainly is. It makes all the difference in the world. It's by far one of, if not the hardest thing that I ever did. Was put my hand up and be like, you know what? I am a fucked up individual. I'm in a bad place and I need help. And it was also the only reason that people like myself and Megan and the millions of other people around the world are recovering and thriving on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. So
0: it sucks. You know, you got to put your hand up. You have to get vulnerable. I'm not saying you need to have a bottom, you know, because I think that's different for everybody. But it starts with having that conversation. And the only place you can go is up.
1: All right, honey, is that all you got tonight?
0: That is all I have tonight, darling. All right, well. Things we're going to work on? Being more like your father?
1: I don't want you to be my father.
0: Well, that'd be weird. Barry. Although I'm kind of balding like him.
1: Not yet, but you will be. You're this (laughs) thing. It's close enough. You haven't made the move yet where you have to shave it?
0: Actually, uh, I reached out to somebody the other day who has a similar (laughs) hairline and I was like, at what point did you shave your head?
1: What did they say? When does that point come?
0: There's shit that I'm not talking about on this show, Megan.
1: Is there like a hair scalp ratio that you abide by? Is this part of like bro code? Do you guys tell each other like the time has come? Stop trying to save it.
0: You know what time has come? It's time for you to take (laughs) your fucking bubble bath. Get out of my studio.
1: I'm Megan. I'm an alcoholic.
0: I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Please have your pets spayed and neutered. And remember, if you're struggling in any way, please.